Game Changers. The show about the people who make the shows, not the people behind the scenes, not the companies. The people behind the mics. Behind the mics. The people who put it all on the line. The people who put their personalities and lives on display every day and invite you to either love them or hate them. Hi, this is Craig Bruce, and welcome to our wrap-up of Season 2 of Game Changers. It's been an absolute ripper. Thanks for all your feedback and support over the last six weeks. It has been a pleasure bringing you these Radio Game Changers. So what have the highlights been for me? Okay, well, let's start with Matt Tilley. Mate, how are you? I'm really well. How are you going? Oh, well, I'm recovering after you. Wrote that article about me being intimidating and all. I mean, I just love talking to Matt Tilley about radio. You just know that he's gone to school on this industry of ours and has opened himself up to understanding all of the elements needed to be successful. The thing about Matt, Matt is a radio guy. I mean, he's a specialist. And there's a lot of discussion and debate around where and how you should focus your attention when you're on the air. And for Matt, it's always been about getting the bit where he talks into the microphone right. I'm all in for radio. Yeah. I'd come to terms with the fact that radio was more than jokes. Mm. You know, and that was something I learned with Tracy. And I think we sort of, along with Wendy Harmer in Sydney, took radio in a whole new direction, which was just talking about your life. And being, the catch word was relatable now, it's primal. And I had been dragged kicking and screaming to that space by Brian Ford because I'm like, yeah, but who cares? It's not funny. He goes, no, what you don't realise is that everyone else is in that same space and I think you make it funny. And I think you were this perfect combination for each other. He was a brilliant teacher. You were a brilliant student. With hindsight, I reckon that sums it up nicely, but you don't ever think of yourself in any time when you're on a radio show performing as a student, but clearly I was. And clearly he was a great teacher insofar as you just absorbed it. He wasn't around telling you what to do, Mm. this and that. He would almost, he had a real genius at making you you realise it before he told you. And... He was just 100% in the game. As I say, he dragged me away from the comedy guy mentality to go, just connect. Mm. What, you know, what people really like is probably what you hate, but just give it a shot. Mm. And I did and it it seemed to work. But always with hindsight, I can say, it takes three years for a show to work. Yep. Yeah, it's not really flying. You might think after months two, Jesus, how good are we going on our rapport and listen to our first day? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it, it does take years. And I, di- I didn't know. I didn't know with Joe. We were very different. But we always figured in our corner we had the fact that we f- we could work harder than other shows. Husey might be funnier. They might be looser. You know, they might be, have a better profile. But we'd be there if it took, you know, calling people for 10 different segments, you know, and we're there at 11 just to get 30 seconds of radio, we'd do it. So I guess the lesson here from Matt and if, if he was here talking to me right now, he, he would say at the start and end of it, you've got to do radio well. You've got to nail the craft and understand that it takes incredible skill and talent to have impact on the radio. Matt was fortunate enough to have one of Australia's best ever content directors, Brian Ford, mentoring him in the early stages of his career. And to Matt's credit, he didn't waste the opportunity. He was a, a very, very good student. So focus on that next great talk break, not that next viral video. You know, your craft is communicating in a memorable and engaging way. So work on that. Study that. Seek out others who do it well. Broadcast first. It starts and ends with what you say into the microphone. The rest is puffery. Trust me, some of it is useful puffery, but it's puffery all the same. Fifi, welcome to Game Changers. Craig, what a treat. I've always wanted you as a co-host, and now we get to share a studio. (laughs) Fifi Box is a force of nature. 
Her story is one of talent and a really strong baseline of talent, trust me, but she's combined this with a sort of determination and single-mindedness that you need to have to be successful. Fifi is fearless. Maybe sounds strange, and I don't think I've ever really discussed this, but I I sort of think I hit my rock bottom in life when I was about 2021. They weren't great years for me because, you know, I was really determined. I really wanted to be in radio, and I really wanted to work at Fox FM. I grew up in Melbourne. I listened to, you know, Grubby and Dee Dee, Tracy and Matt. I wanted to do Fox Breakfast and I couldn't see that avenue. And I, I was really, I was a very disillusioned teen, early 20, you know, something, wondering how I was going to make it. So I sort of had a real low. And, and you know, I can remember driving to Taralgon to my gig there at 3TR, just crying the whole way and then crying the whole way back and missing my family. And and I think through hitting that rock, because I the other thing is i jetted off to London for a year. I took a year out and went to London and I nannied. And I remember being over there and I I took on a job as a nanny. And one night I was just cleaning the house and cleaning, you know, sick and nappies for the kids and doing the ironing. And I went, oh no, this isn't what I wanted. And I think from that moment when I hit that sort of rock bottom, I just realized I've got to give this everything. And, And it's just all out. You know, you've got nothing to lose. And I think that's what I took to radio when I did make it to Triple M and, and working with Dobbo was, I'll, I'll I'll do anything. I will be me. I will give you everything I've got because I know what it's like to fold people's clothing and do their ironing. And I didn't love that. You weren't idle off the air. I mean, you were pretty well doing anything that you were asked to do. Yeah. I wouldn't step away because even when uh, I got that late night shift at Triple M in Sydney and I remember going, oh, we've made it. It was an amazing feeling because even mum was like, so what's the salary? I'm like, I'm not getting paid, but mum, I'm on air and it's a national show and this is the best thing ever. And it really was. Like that for me was was, uh, you know, Tick achieved, you know, career dream all of like 21, 22. But then we lost our job. We were pulled off the air after six months. And, and you know, Dobbo at the time was like, you know, put you in rock patrols, give you, you know, they need a promotions assistant. And I was sending off CDs and, you know, ringing people to tell them what prize they won. But it's funny because I, you know, I could have walked away. I did that for a year. But I wanted it too badly. And it's, you know, it's funny, Craig, because, you know, people come up and say, how did you do it or what are some tips for me? And it just, it does sound so cliche and it's, it just sounds so generic, but just stick in there. I, I probably never walked away. And I think that's the key to this, in, you know, this industry. This, these are families. I've worked at SCA for 16 years. You know, this is, I wouldn't, I've been committed to every part of this station the whole time I've been here. So what we've learned about Fifi is that Fifi is fearless both on and off the air. You know, yes, on occasions with your career, it feels like there's a lot at stake. But then again, you know, what do you have to lose? Fifi's message is to roll up your sleeves, get involved, keep moving forward, learn about how everything works, be a contributor. Radio stations are like... They're like overcrowded public school classrooms. No one is going to see you unless you put your hand up. And if you love it as much as she loves the business, don't give up. Hello, Amanda. Hello. I'm excited to be part of this. Finally. Finally. Amanda Keller is, uh, well, she's a gift to radio. She's a gift that was brought to us by Andrew Denton, who could hear her potential as a radio broadcaster. He knew that yarn spinners, really good raconteurs like Amanda, don't grow on trees. And often they don't realise what a unique skill they have. It, it takes a lot to get used to talking very freely 
I don't think that comes easily or naturally. And right. when I look back at my early Beyond mm-hmm. 2000 stories, so stiff and so television and you can almost see someone say action and you walk holding your hands a certain way and this pen and it's also formulaic. <laughs> Radio strips all of that away but it takes a while to get used to being so free. But I think that's why radio people are good on panel shows and things on television because they're match ready. They're ready to open their mouths and say things almost before their brains are engaged. It's funny because I, I, I think... Doing daily radio, it's like a muscle. And now, if something, even something mortifying happens to me, I'm, I will almost instantly construct that into a way I can use the pain to tell the story. But that's what I meant before when I worked with Andrew. Andrew used to say to me, you're a walking anecdote. And I, it never occurred to me that I was. It never occurred to me that I had stories to tell. But he used to mine them from me. And so maybe I've learnt through that how to do it. But if I come in to tell a story on air, I will give some thought in the car on the way in of how I'll usually know where the story needs to end, but I'll think about where I'll start it. Or I'll say to Jonesy while we're on air, with the story, should I start at this bit or this bit? Okay. So we've worked together so long and as I've used the ice skating analogy before, that even if you haven't worked out the direct way to get somewhere, between the two of us we end up at an end we both know. Mm -hmm. But I do think some of it by now is a muscle that you've just – it's second nature as to how to put some thoughts into a a story. I'm not even aware I'm doing it, I don't think. So here's the thing. The end game for all of us working in the industry is to find the most interesting, relevant – intelligent storytellers and then put them on the radio. Can I just get a nod of approval on that point before we move forward? It's, you know, tell me now. Email me, tweet me if there's anything more important than finding the most interesting, intelligent, funny storytellers and putting them on the radio. There is not. So we all need to be attuned to this and we all need to be thinking about where we can uncover the next generation of breakfast hosts or breakfast combinations. We all know what it sounds like when we hear it and as programmers, we all know when it's not there and how difficult it is to create something that is not natural or innate. Hamish, hello. CB. How are you, What an honour. Really good. I'm really looking forward to this, mostly so I can air check you afterwards. (laughs) Hamish Blake, what did I learn from Hamish? I guess I was reminded that, you know, at some point everyone working on a successful show becomes aligned around exactly what it is that they're creating. And whatever that might be, is always going to be true to the performer. You just begin to realise that the more fun you're having in the studio, maybe the more fun the show's having in general. I actually think that is true. I think the more fun you guys are having in the studio, that as a listener, I On just, air, off air. It's I my favourite thing to listen to yeah. is shows yeah. having fun. But it also it is a bit of a self-preservation mechanism because it's sort of like, well, if we're having the most fun, it's all right. We all know that's what we want to do this for. And if it, it tanks, way better for it to tank and us to have had a ton of fun than right. for us to have constantly been panicking and trying to put things on air that we think people will like and it still fail. We hadn't learnt yet that you can only do what you think is funny. And then from there, it's in the hands of the gods and the audience. Yep. We, we thought we were young enough and dumb enough to think that you can crack the code and scientifically put things on that are guaranteed to work because there's some sort of magic formula. Mm. And there's not. There's only The only formula you've got is you're having fun. So when it got to Fred Bassett, it, it was... I think we all look back at Fred Bassett really fondly because it had, we discovered this sort of new thing, like we hadn't discovered, but for ourselves, we all came to the same realisation that this is an idea 
for the really the first time, this is the first time we were doing an idea and it didn't matter where it went mm. because the 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 idea of ha- of going on this trip is funny, so it doesn't really matter where we go. So yep. it's sort of like let's not let's just go for I don't know, let's go for a jog in a gorilla suit. It doesn't really matter where we go because all the way along the way we're going for a run in a gorilla suit. We think that's funny. So it's like it's not it doesn't have to end up didn't have to end up with a greyhound winning. And really, it started as. It also taught us a great lesson to because we it started with Andy entering Cleo Bachelor, yeah, one which thing is led like to another, didn't it? Radio One Hundred One, yeah. like uh, one of the guys is on the Cleo Bachelor, yeah. and Cleo yeah. loves it because a bit of cross promotion. And yeah. so when that idea came up, to it was a, it, I remember it, it that they were like, "Hi, Andy, would you enter Cleo Bachelor?" And we all were sort of like, nah, "It's got to have something. It's got to be. Yeah. We got to do something else with it mm. if we're going to do this." It, it and especially from Andy's perspective, he's like, "I don't want to just be in a." <laughs> Well, my beauty pageant. Grandma kept calling it this beauty pageant. I was like, I don't want to call it. What do I mean, a beauty pageant? Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks, most for just just to be just for publicity. Yeah. And so we also had that idea early on of like, like let's not just do pointless publicity. Mm. Just being in the paper to go, here's my house mm. or whatever. Like, I've never read one of those and gone, I want to listen to that radio show, especially if it's meant to be a funny radio show. Yeah. So, to whatever extent we could control it, we're like we've got to make this work. This has just got to be funnier than mm. being in Cleo Bachelor. And so. No concept of a greyhound, but I was like, "Look, I got. I'm saving up to go to Fiji at the moment. I can't remember what it was exactly. I was like, I think I got about eleven hundred dollars. <laughs> if I bet, if we bet on you, and if we win, like, let's ask people. And I think that's what we look back on to go. That was the first time we, we had that thought audience. of going. Yeah, let's just yeah. leave it up to the audience. Yeah, yeah. Let's get people to say, mm. like, what do we do? Mm. And this guy rang up and was awesome on air and was hilarious and was like, I reckon you guys should just keep the gambling going and buy a greyhound. Yep. And the other reason I think we look back on it as like a kind of a really seminal moment and an idea that we all fell into was Greyhound Racing and being exposed to that world of Greyhound Racing was our first time that we'd really been exposed to one of these like really classic, hilarious worlds that we're not, that we had no concept of, mm. but everyone knew about, mm. but we weren't part of. And mm. then from there, you know, we'd end like, I'd say ideas like going on big caravan trips and stuff like that came from really that experience with Fred Bassett yep. going, we don't know anything about this world, mm. but the more we dig into it, the funnier it is. And, they, and, and, it, and this whole world exists. We've yep. just never played in it. You know, back in the day when Hamish and Andy were just starting out and, and Kyle and Jack had been quite successful for a couple of years, we, we could have said to Hamish and Andy, you should do cash contests and you, you could do a show just like Kyle and Jack. Guess how that would have turned out? Pretty badly, I would have thought. You know, the reason the show feels so effortless is because the boys have been doing what they've always done. You know, they were always going on adventures together as mates in uni well before they started a radio show, and they were always having silly challenges with each other long before they went on the air. This is all just natural stuff for them. So, you know, one of the most powerful questions you can ask a team in the early stages of their development is, what kind of radio do you like listening to? What kind of show do you want to create? And those answers hopefully will be the foundation for the show that you're building with them. Tony Martin, welcome to Game Changers. It's good to be here. I'm sort of self-conscious that I have to sound like a professional radio presenter <laughs> Not in at this all. context. Tony Martin was a massive moment for me and uh, just a thrill to spend some time with him. Tony has been in love with the art of creating theatre of the mind moments since he was a kid listening to radio on a boat for months at a time back in New Zealand. And then when we were at sea... Uh, there was the what's called the national program in New Zealand, which would be the equivalent of, I guess, uh, the ABC here, and they would play English shows like The Goon Show and I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again and Just a Minute, very sort of twee English comedy. But what I loved about it was super elaborate sound effects right. and 
the Goon Show, I remember one episode, it took two minutes, two full minutes of radio time for someone to fall down a flight of stairs. <laughs> and that was that was what I was really into. My favourite thing in radio, aside from doing the show, is just standing behind the engineer while they do the That's sketches. That's your thing, isn't yeah, it? It I is your it. thing. And do you know what? It's that, you know, radio has always been at its best when it's been theatre of the mind. And, yes. And for you guys, absolutely. Anything was on the table. Well, that's what I remember, yeah, as a kid on a boat, is that radio, it's like a movie where you're inventing the pictures. You're hearing it, but you're seeing it at the same time. So on Mark Malloy, we would do things like <laughs> the classy sketch, Blimpy the Lactose Intolerant Cat. <laughs> And you would storyboard it in your head. You would storyboard, okay, he's in a cinema, so we're going to be in this row, so it's as though the mics are in this row, but we can hear the film. It's, there's going to be an interaction between the people on that side. It's just, it's just going, to too, uh, going to too much trouble is what I call it. And he's never, ever fallen out of love with that process. You know, he is at his happiest being in a studio, production studio, with a producer getting something exactly right. So radio can be real, authentic, in-the-moment, conversational, and it can also be precise, intricate, detailed. It's both. But to do the latter, you've got to love the process because, as Tony said, you know, the process is really hard work. There's no way of avoiding the effort and attention to detail needed to make something as spectacular as a Tony Martin comedy sketch. And finally, what did I learn from Series 2? You and I need to talk. You and I need to talk. Whenever you hear those words, it's never good, right? It's never, you and I need to talk. Yeah, you've won a million dollars. Nah, it's not that. You and I need to talk because on Friday I gave my resignation and therefore this is one of the last times you and I are going to talk together. You and I need to talk. You know it's my new mantra, don't you? <laughs> if I could have this as the tagline to the podcast, I would. If I could wear it on a T-shirt, I think I would. You and I need to talk. I guess it explained in one sentence the success of Richard Stubbs on the radio, and, and it really is the secret to your success as well. And you know this stuff. Radio is intimate. It's one-on-one. It's something you share with others. Well, it came from the heart, but I think that, why do we, radio even exist? I'm not the only one in your podcast series who's talked about because it's got to have a personal connection. And if people can select the music and select all sorts of things and make their own, why does it exist? Because it's immediate, because you're a friend, because people often listen to radio when they're on their own and uh, you're right there. So the communication has to be real and it's why people think that they're your friends uh, my kids grew up thinking, geez, dad just knows everyone. Because <laughs> people would come up and continue conversations and you've got to embrace that. And you've got to be, if you're doing it right, it's personal. You know, if, you, if you're connecting, it's personal. And if you're not, if they're, that's television. You, it's on in the background and you can mm-hmm. take it or leave it. What makes radio unique is it's one-on-one relationship that you can set up with hundreds of thousands of however many you're broadcasting to. But it's got to be personal. So you've got to frame it in your head. You've got to think of it that way and you've got to um, speak to it like that. And when Richard says you and I need to talk, he, he's talking about both sides of that relationship that makes radio so powerful. You know, you being the friend that I may never meet and I being the person you've chosen to share your time with. It's a, it's a really privileged position you'll find yourself in when you have a microphone and an audience. 
and I guess every radio game changer that I've spoken to understands this. Hope you enjoyed Series 2. We're going to be back in a few weeks from now with more Radio Game Changers. Thank you for all of your support on behalf of Jay Mueller and Astrid Edwards from Bad Producer Productions. Uh, It's been a pleasure bringing you Radio Game Changers. We'll talk to you again soon. Game Changers Radio is a production of Craig Bruce Coaching and Bad Producer Productions. Subscribe at iTunes or download episodes at radiogamechangers.com.